Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Radio Entrepreneurs. My name is Jeffrey Davis, and I'm the host of Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm also CEO and chairman of Mage LLC, a management consulting firm since 1985 in the Boston and New England area. Uh, and uh, we love on Radio Entrepreneurs meeting new entrepreneurs and hearing their stories. And I'm pretty excited about this morning. I've had a little uh, preview, so that's why I'm excited. Introduce all of you to Alana Goodman, CEO and founder of Phoenix Biopharma Group, sorry, LLC. Welcome, Alana. Welcome to Radio Entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for having me, Jeffrey. I'm so excited to be here. So, Alana, before we get into your journey, why don't you just, for our listeners so they have context, tell us about uh, Phoenix, what Phoenix does. Sure. Um, I founded Phoenix last year looking to really disrupt the status quo within the pharma industry. It's been about 12 years in the industry for me, and it's been the same problems, the same issues, the same questions. How do we solve for X is probably the same question that I have been answered. I've been asked so many times. And so when I decided to start this firm, I decided I wanted to do it in a way that would not just accept the status quo and help people maintain the status quo, but really look at operational functions in a way that disrupt the way the industry works. And so I focus on marketing operations and medical affairs operations in their data generating process and technology during launch and beyond to really get the information that you need in order to serve the patients in the right way and to reach the right patients and HCPs to make sure that the therapies that are being um, created are reaching the right people and, um, you know, doing it in a way that isn't hurting anyone and is creating change and innovation and efficiencies and being more effective so that patients get more from the industry than what they're getting now. Not an easy task. You're going into industries with smart people and you're trying to help them to be more effective at the beginning to end process, correct? Correct. Implementing and optimizing process is really kind of my sweet spot. I like to focus on content lifecycle management specifically as a holistic ecosystem within a pharma company. Um, and that really covers literally from ideation through retirement. And that covers how you campaign, who you campaign to, what tools you use, um, what data you're collecting when you're using those tools, what types of channels that you're interacting with, and how to take all that data and figure out how to reach the right patient at the right time with the right therapy. Well, you know, uh, I talk to my staff all the time about people don't like mistakes. And I bet you're a person who really does not like mistakes. <laughs> and that's why you're good at. You're good at spotting things and you're good at doing things. And But you weren't an entrepreneur before Phoenix. I was and, and, you know, entrepreneur, it's a different breed of cat. So what led you to be, being an entrepreneur? Did you always want to be an entrepreneur or did it just sort of evolve? It's evolved. So I grew up in a house where both of my parents were entrepreneurs. Um, my dad, 
Yeah. So my mom was an interior designer and my dad did material handling. And so he would build like the big racks that were at BJ's that they stored all their stuff on. He sold and and installed things like that. And so my whole life, I watched my parents work in the office and make time for us as kids. And, and it seemed like a really fluid way of living. And you know, I was the first person in my family to ever go to a four-year college um, on both sides of my family. And I was- For four years. Nowadays, you have to say that. A lot of people go to four-year colleges for five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I was the first one ever to graduate with a bachelor's degree on either side of my family. And so my drive was really to try and open doors for my cousins and the kids who came after me because we came from an impoverished family. And, um, you know, I wanted people in my family to see that there is more to life than this. And so when I decided I wanted to go out on my own last year, it was a really big shift for me to go from a steady paycheck to I really want to live my dream. I want to make something out of nothing and I want to help people. And so I created Phoenix in order to help myself and my family, but also I want to create a um, paid internship for kids that are aging out of the foster care system as part of our plan. Um, And the intent is that those children typically aging out are immediately homeless, 20% of them. Within 18 months, 40% are uh, an additional 40% are homeless. Um, So within 18 months, 60% of these 18-year-olds are homeless. And so my intent is to teach these kids tangible skills through the business um, and give them an opportunity to create a professional network. Um, So my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial trip has been very much considering other people more so than myself um, and looking at Phoenix as a way to give back and not just to generate um, revenue. Is it what you expected? It's much harder than I expected. (laughs) You know, I try to explain that to people about being an entrepreneur is not like a job because it's, you know, you dream it, you sleep it. I wake up up. in the middle of the night. My office is an extension from my bedroom. Um, And so, you know, if I, if something pops up at two o'clock in the morning, I'm up and in, you know, at the computer because I don't want to forget it. Sometimes you have really great ideas at two, three o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I, I, I don't really get to shut down the way that I wanted to, at least not at the beginning, I'm not able to, right? I have a five and six-year-old son. Um, You know, I want to be able to spend more time with them. But right now, I'm very focused on building this and trying to create um, disruption to the status quo within the industry in in a way that takes back control from the technology providers. Um, Right now in the industry, the technology providers are telling us what we need as opposed to us telling them, hey, can you do this in your system? Or, hey, can you create this system? No, no, they're coming to us and saying, hey, industry, implement this because we're telling you it's your best option. And technically everything is sound, but operationally it's defunct. And so I'm spending a lot of time trying to fix um, overpromised deals from technology providers. Maybe it was because my my mother worked for a lot of my life and was an entrepreneur and uh, was so good at what she did. But it always amazes me uh, if I'm going to make generalities. (laughs) 
uh, how tough it can be on women who are entrepreneurs, married, moms, uh, you know, just the lack of compromise that they sort of bring to all their different roles in life. And on average, it can be a little bit simpler for men. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So women on average, I don't want to get in trouble with all the guys. <laughs> My husband is a stay at home dad, and he's starting to learn the consulting side of the business to help, you know, support. But, you know, I'll walk the kids and nobody will pay attention to me. He'll take the kids for a walk and they're like, oh, you're babysitting your kids. That's so wonderful. <laughs> Women in general have to work like they don't have kids and raise kids like they don't work. And it's it's a constant That's a great line. Battle. That is a great way to say that's a book. You should write that down and trademark that line. That's a book. Right? It is. <laughs> It, it's just, you know, it's surprising the differences that in 2023 there still are from gender role perspectives. Um, but it's not in our house. It's all about partnership. And that's how I am able to make this work. Um, my parents live with us. Um, my dad is not well. And so, you know, you our have that family, role too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my family is very much... Um, the catalyst for me to, you know, these 12, 14, 16 hour days trying to set that foundation. It's a worth it for me because in a year or two, I'll be able to be more with my family. I'll be, I can see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel as I'm building this. Right. And it's how I'm building it now focused on the external foundation that needs to be built, the branding, the, the learning, the different technologies that are coming, you know, having been through 10 product launches in the 12 years I was in the industry, you know, I've seen everything from a complete response letter, which tells a client, you can't do anything else. You need to stop and shut down that, that treatment. Oh, and I've seen drugs on the market for a couple of years, pulled back for safety issues and then put back on the market and be, and be rebranded. These shifts and changes throughout the industry are what are kind of formal formulating the way I'm building this business. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm really trying to build it outwardly focused because I really think community is important when you're trying to do things that are disruptive. Change is hard for people, right? And so the more I can talk to people, the more I can share the things that we can do better, the things that we can change and how we communicate with each other within the industry and work together within the industry, as well as our service providers really creates the direction for all future product launches. And, and I think that that's really important for those of us in the industry to think about. And it's not just the product launches, it's the patients. So before we jumped on, I was uh, about to tell you this story and you said, wait, wait, wait. And so I want to share it now because I think it ties in really nicely. When I first started out, I was just doing um, office manager work um, at uh, NIH working for the Framingham Heart Study. And I had done banking and trading and stuff beforehand. And it just wasn't my thing. And so I was trying to figure it out. And so I took this contract job and they and an, another recruiter reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to go interview for a job at Biogen? And I, it was a contract administrative assistant for their regulatory department supporting 12 people. 
calendar management. I was bored out of my mind after a couple of months. And I went to my manager and I said, I need more work. I need you to give me something challenging. And so she started giving me things to do. And I moved up within the organization. And within seven years, I went from being a contract admin to a senior manager. And I had a team running underneath me and I was building CRMs and I was building systems and making things talk. And it was still a job. And then Biogen had a patient lunch and learn. And this patient had ALS. And it was when Biogen was running a program, um, which has since been defunct. But <clears throat> this cli- this patient came out on the stage in a wheelchair. He is only a few months diagnosed. He's already wheelchair bound. He has little kids, three of them under the age of 10. And he looks out at the audience after telling his story. And we're all crying because, come on, this man is in his 30s and he's got three kids and he's dying already. This is not fair. And he looks out at us and he says, every single one of you matters. Whether you're the janitor or the CEO, what you do makes a difference in the lives of your patients. And in that moment, I like have goosebumps telling the story now because I remember how it felt. In that moment, everything shifted for me. It went from being a job to being a commitment of my life to trying to make a difference for patients. And that's what Phoenix is all about. It's not just about disrupting the status quo. It's about making a difference, whether it's those kids in foster care, whether it's the companies I work with. I think it, I think that's great. And it's inspiring. And I remember uh, my boss who trained me, uh, at a, I've told you before, at a surgical division said to me, if you, if you do the right thing nine out of 10 times, that one time you don't, you're jeopardizing human lives. And uh, it's a different attitude about mistakes and errors when you come out of that kind of industry. Uh, Alana, very inspiring story. We hope you are a regular on the show. Come back again. Tell us more stories. I'd love to connect with you. If someone wants to know about more about you and Phoenix, uh, how would they find you? I have Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. You can look up Phoenix BGLLC. That is our social handle for the most part. Um, you can reach us at phoenixbgllc.com um, or email me directly at alana at phoenixbgllc.com. Wow. Again, very inspiring. We hope to see you again and remind everybody this is Radio Entrepreneurs.